Yo, this is the ancient Texan. Uh, it's the second or third day of August, 2021. Got a dog down here that wants me to play catch. I've been listening to a guy, Peter. Zihan and also Charles Carl Friedman and I've discovered there's some things that most Americans believe that I think would, would actually fit in the myth category and I think I'll just take one this morning but I've got about five or six of them that I've identified when I was growing up, I was told the population of the earth was expanding and it was population growth was gonna be exponential and the world's gonna fill up with people and we're gonna pass nine billion and at some point the planet was, earth was gonna no longer be able to feed all of us. Mass starvation, Kind of stuff. I remember telling that to a Peruvian who was a Catholic and didn't believe in birth control. And he said, I was making a lot of assumptions about the future. I explained the logic of too many children and blah, 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 blah. Kind of the same stuff I was brought up on and I think most Americans that if you leave people alone their population just explodes. The Chinese obviously believe this with their one child policy. Guess what's happening in the world right now? We're facing a population collapse in most of, most of the industrialized and advanced economies in the world. U.S. turns out to be, thanks to immigration, not in such dire straits. But it turns out that China has got lots of people that are fixing to be old. They have a lot of 40 and 50 year olds. And then instead of being this upward shaping pyramid you know, with young people at the bottom and old people at the top, the thing is bigger at the top and smaller at the bottom. Peter Zihan actually thinks this is so serious that China will no longer be a nation state in five to 10 years. Like this is huge. We're used to an economy that's growing, expanding. Um, people at the bottom, as they go from 20 to 40, they want to earn a bunch of money and buy stuff and have cars and houses. And so this ends up with, you know, since you have most countries used to have more children, 
and young people than they have old people, then this was a constantly expanding economy. So that each year you had to produce more. And that's how we're kind of set up to function. Advertisers convince us that we want more all the time. And we don't buy on need in this country, we buy on want. What we need is, you know, you need a house, you need somewhere to get out of the cold and stay warm and food in your belly. It's really hard to argue, you know, some medical care when you're sick. It's hard to argue that uh, most of us don't have that. And we have that would that represents you know, some fraction of our income, depending on how well off we are, with the possible exception of medical. And that will, there's some more myths around that that we'll get back to. So we have this world that's in the middle of a population collapse. And it's not just China. Italy is in just about as bad as here. Japan. is in a pretty bad shape, and they have been for a decade. But the difference between Japan and China is Japan was rich when their demographics, you know, flipped upside down. And they were able to start making robots, AI, and trying to find ways to get around a shortage of people. They did not consider immigration. Oh, I think that makes them racist. But anyway, that's what they chose. But they had the wherewithal, and still their economy has shrunk over the last two decades. Uh, and the people have lived in a very stagnant economy with not a lot of chance of getting, making their life better, not necessarily worse, but just kind of froze. Now, that's not uh, the end of the world. In the U.S., I think we would think it's the end of the world, because we're used to having more all the time, and it's kind of like our right. We also have very rich people, and we see them and think we deserve more, too but it's still a very want-based economy. And if we're an economy where we were slowly having to give up stuff and have less, even though we're continuing to work hard, have less tomorrow than today, I don't think we would see that as we're still getting all our needs met not getting our wants met. I think we would see it as end of the world's coming. This is really bad. So what what can China do about it? I mean Japan invested money 
and technology, and they've tried very hard to compensate for a shrinking workforce. And they've even set up shop in a lot of other countries, like where do they make the most Toyotas? U.S. You say that for most of their cars manufacturing, it's done out of Japan. They bring the profits back to take care of their people. Now, Japan had like a debt load a couple of times bigger than ours, but China has a debt load like ten times bigger than ours. And there's a lot of stuff off the books. So the impression is that the China's way off the scale on debt. So. China first has to have the money to feed the people that are um, getting old, and it's going to happen really fast for them. Lots of people simultaneously with their workforce disappearing. The cost of housing has gone through the roof in China. Cost of labor has gone up by a factor of ten over like the last decade. They're no longer the low-cost producer. They don't have relationships in place. They have other people pro produce the stuff for them, like Japan. Neither are they quite um, educated and advanced enough to be the sole designers of. Of technology and let someone else manufacture them, like the U.S. is. So, what the hell do they do? They're an economy that's based on exporting low-value goods, some medium-value goods. They make some pretty advanced stuff, like the, they make Apple cell phones. But they're falling out of favor with the U.S. They're no longer their biggest market. But Trump's philosophy was, you know, America first. Then Biden come along and he changed a lot to buy American. Guess what? It's the same policy with regard to China. Trump, on his last day out, pretty much recognized Taiwan as a country, which is a big no-no. There's some kind of compromise that he would. Kind of all pretend together that they're just a, you know, some poorly behaving part of China that is temporarily separated from China. They all played that game. Trump quit playing that game. But Biden, what did he do? He sent a large carrier to China, 
and did military drills kind of in between Taiwan and China out there in the ocean where the Chinese could see it. What the hell is that? It's saying, I think it's saying we support the Trump policy. We still have the tariffs in place that Trump put on aluminum and steel. Is that Biden supporting the Trump policies? We're actually even keeping some of the Trump policies at the, the border. But I'm, I'm digressing a little bit. We're trying to figure out what the hell China does. And it's not real clear what China does. They're surrounded by eight island states, Taiwan, Japan, Philippines, Indonesia, Malaysia, and then there's, you know, Thailand, and Vietnam, and, you know, the peninsulas, uh, Cambodia, all of which are not familiar with China, familiar, they're familiar with China, are not friendly with China. So they have to leave their land and export stuff through parts of the ocean that come very close to these people that would probably be their enemy and would not tolerate them except for the fact that the U.S. maintains water in the ocean their naval fleet, which we'll talk about that on another occasion, that is vastly superior to anybody else, and they keep the oceans open. So if we want to destroy China, we just go home. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that at another point in time. But China has done a few things right. They've They've got a lock on a lot of commodities like rare earths and magnesium. And again, 31 minerals. We've identified that China has us by the balls. We, being Trump administration, identified 31 minerals, commodities. Uh, well, we're in a little bit of hurt because China thinks ahead and they've been planning stuff for a long time. Um, maybe I should say thanks to Trump, even though I don't like the guy. We now have our eyes open and we have a lot more chance of doing something once we recognize it. Um, Biden hadn't really reverse course on any of these things. Most of these things uh, may be a little painful for the short haul, but there's probably not any of them that we couldn't reverse in 10 years. And most of them, we could probably get ourselves out from under the rock in five years, which means there could be some hard times and some really screwed up supply chains uh, if the relationship with China falls apart too fast. 
But those lists of 31 minerals, if anybody in America is paying attention, our entrepreneurs identify opportunities. And hopefully, I'm working on one project that kind of takes advantage of one of those items on the list is magnesium. I'm working on it, I'm working with a team. technology guru. So, China and its infinite wisdom bought into the myth that I bought into, that the world's population is exploding and we will very soon not be able to feed everybody. turns out that that just is not true. When people move from a rural economy to the cities and move into an apartment with less room for kids, more expensive housing, more expense raising kids, Guess what? Given that they have the birth control pill, they decide not to have more kids because they can't afford them. And that's happening all over the world. Some places faster than others, but the whole planet is going through that. So how fast does it happen? If you go from uh, 2.1 kids, three kids like China used to be, 2.1 kids, you just population says stays constant. They did the one child policy and went down to one, and then they changed their policy to two, and they've even dropped further. So they have less than one kid where they need 2.1. What happens? About every 35 years, your population halves. By 2050, China will be about 750 million from one and a half, I mean, 750 million from about one and a half billion right now. It looks like India's already passed them. There's not a whole hell of a lot about it they can do about it and every 30 years after that if the number of kids doesn't increase and there's no sign we've never been here before so we don't really know what the hell is happening but if that keeps up every 35 years their population halves maybe a little slower a little faster depending on how well the old people do they can't feed the old people or take care of them. It goes down even faster, snowballs. We've got a little reprieve here till that starts happening to us uh, because being tied to Mexico and hopefully we put me in so hard ass on immigration. We realize that we need laborers. But even if we don't, our, our combined partnership with Mexico and the U.S. is probably good for another 50 years. Canada, not in very good shape. 
they have a lot of 40 and 50 year olds, which is right now, since they have, they're fairly advanced, uh, works out pretty well. But China is not uh, really a good partner like Mexico. Mexico does, does low end and middle end manufacturing, which we don't do. So it's a natural place to get stuff made. Uh, they have an expanding um, population with lots of kids and stuff, which is a population for us to export into our high end stuff, maybe the low end stuff. Uh, we both make money on it. It's, it's a great partnership. Canada, in contrast, uh, is advanced like we are, and they have the top end capabilities of design. Uh, they don't quite have the natural resources we have and the and the financial system and the ability to uh, finance everything but they're not they're not bad but they're more a competitor with us than a than a partner uh, and we're friendly competitors but we're competitors so their future is not like really bright because um, those 40 and 50 year olds in 10 years will start retiring and they don't have the young people. They have one of these inverted uh, population collapse things going on like China does. And it's, they can go to Mexico, but you know, it's a little trip from Canada down to Mexico and find out the Americans are there first and it's got all the relationships. So things don't look all that rosy for Canada in the next 10, 15 years. They've got a little more time than China. China starts hitting the problem like, you know, tomorrow. So all of this is kind of founded on this myth that we believe that the world population is exploding. China believed it too. The world's gonna be overrun with people can't afford all these people well it turns out we're fixing to face something we've never faced before and the few people that have gone there first like Japan have really struggled with it and Japan was the second biggest economy in the world very prosperous uh, and it, it was a time in the 60s and 70s where they were just beating up on the United States and bringing in all sorts of cars and steel and all sorts of other commodities uh, below our cost and we were complaining about uh, this Japan machine that we had helped finance and build was you know destroying America exaggerated like a lot of other stuff but it, it wasn't trivial and they were strong China is not that good a shape. So let's see how this unfolds and let's get rid of the myth in our mind that the world is, the population is exploding and out of control. 
it's on the verge of collapsing. Populations around the world, as they move to cities, the population collapses. So far, as that starts happening, it happens everywhere. Anyway, this is the ancient Texan with myth number one. Got another half dozen for you. Stay tuned.